Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Faith Lutheran Church. My name is Candace Wassell. I'm the pastor here at Faith. It is such a joy to have you visit with us. You are welcome, so welcome in every part of Faith's community. You are welcome to join us in person at worship on Sundays. You're welcome to visit us online. You're welcome in our mission, in our fellowship, and most important, you are welcome at the Lord's table. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the Lord, as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took Mary as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus, the Gospel of the Lord. Grace to you. Congregation may be seated. <clears throat> well, grace to you and peace from God our Creator and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So I was out in California last week to see my oldest son, Garrett, and it was the first time I have been out to see him uh, in California. He's come home, but I haven't traveled out to California since he's been out there for the last two years. And I was so glad to see him and to see his, where he was staying. He was in a safe place. I mean, it, you know, it's about this big of an apartment um, for about two grand a month. Uh, so he wasn't starving, and I was happy to see that. And uh, I did notice that his clothes were kind of ratty, though, so I took him out shopping for some new clothes. And uh, so we go, I think we went to Old Navy first and pile up a bunch of jeans and shirts for him to try on, and he's in the dressing room. So I, uh, I'm sitting there for a little while, and I don't know what came over me. I had a moment, but I, I went to the dressing room, and I was like, hey, Garrett, how's it going in there? Need any help? <laughs> He's like, Mom, I'm 23. <laughs> and I, I was like, I mean, I would have if he had let me, if I had gotten a chance to go in there, I'd have done that like mom jiggle on his, you know, waistline of the pants. I just had a moment where I forgot this is a grown man. <laughs> but I guess you never stop being a mother. You never stop worrying. You never stop fussing over these kids. And that is Isaiah in our Old Testament reading that David read for us. Isaiah is like a worried mother, absolutely just fussing and fretting over God's people. Isaiah is the prophet that is actually speaking in the Old Testament. And he has good reason to be fretting over God's children. They have been led by one bad king after another. And so he is prophesying his heart out to anyone who will listen 
and trying to get these folks to return to God and uphold their end of the covenant. And in today's reading, he is prophesying to King Ahaz, who is considering making some shady political moves. God's people are surrounded on all sides by bad guys. It's their own fault, but instead of kind of returning to the Lord and trusting God, Ahaz is considering aligning himself with these other nations who worship idols and do not fear God. So God says to him, through the prophet Isaiah, don't do it. Trust me. Return to me. I have the power to rescue and protect you. And then God even offers to prove his power through signs as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. God is offering to harness the awe-inspiring creative work and wonder of his hand to prove to Ahaz, I can do this. I can save you. And I get why God makes that offer. Creation can be a powerful sign of God's power. So while I was out in California last week, I heard about the Griffith Observatory, and I heard that it had just an amazing view of that Hollywood sign that you're supposed to see. So I was like, okay, well, we got to go see the Griffith Observatory so we can see this Hollywood sign. And so we, we get there, and we drive up this really high slope on, on Mount Hollywood, and from there you can see uh, Santa Monica Mountains on one side, and then on, that's to the north, and then on the other side in the distance there you can see the Pacific Ocean. And when I got up there to that summit, the Hollywood sign was like the last thing that I took the time to look at. It was just incredible to be standing in one spot and be able to see mountains and an ocean and then this incredible, absolutely breathtaking vista of an entire sky. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been out west to Montana. They call that big sky country. But in that moment, it was just nothing but sky and horizons. Thanks, Heather. It was awe-inspiring. The last thing I was thinking about was Hollywood. I was overcome by God's handiwork. It is humbling stuff. So it is surprising that Ahaz says, eh, no thanks. Don't want to see it. No need to prove yourself. The truth is, he didn't want to be awed by God. He wanted the quick and potentially, or I'm sorry, politically expedient way out of trouble. Not the hard work that a commitment to God takes in a king's life. And that is when Isaiah delivers this Christmas prophecy that we all kind of know by heart. Isaiah says, it doesn't really matter whether you're going to get on board or not. God is going to rescue and protect his people, and this will be the sign. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. This Old Testament prophecy, this is the basis for our Christian faith. It's why we believe Jesus is a divine Savior who can save us from our sins. You cannot underestimate the importance of this prophecy. It is the connecting point between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Our entire belief about how the New Testament is true is predicated on this notion that the Old Testament is prophesying about Jesus. And here's the deal. 
I almost never talk about it. Never. I don't think I have preached a single sermon about this prophecy or about any of the prophecies in the Old Testament. I don't make the case for Jesus being who he is because the Old Testament prophesied about him. Ever. And the reason for that, it's not accidental, the reason is because I have experienced the limitations of a faith based entirely on hard evidence. On believing that Jesus is who he is because the Bible can prove it. I think that sort of faith is important, and I think a lot of people have it at the core of their faith, but I have seen it absolutely crash and burn in the lives of followers. So my experience with this came about 20 years ago when I met my best friend Beth, and I met her in the most unique way. Her little boy, I was uh, a Sunday school teacher at St. Mark 20 years ago, and her little boy came into my class for the first time, and he was like five years old. And I said, you know, hi, I'm Candace. He says, I'm Liam. Want to hear a joke? Sure. Two muffins were baking in an oven. The first one says to the second, geez, it's really hot in here. And the second muffin says, holy cow, a talking muffin. <laughs> I thought it was genius. <laughs> I had to meet his mother. <laughs> so I meet Beth, and she turns out to be this just super smart, young family practice doctor. And her and I became the best of friends um, because everybody needs a doctor in their life that they can call, right? But I was just starting to take seminary classes, and she and I clicked. And so we started taking Sunday school classes together with our pastor. And one class on one Sunday was about, I don't remember exactly what it was about, but our pastor was talking about Noah and the flood. And he was making some comments about how you could take this story metaphorically. And Beth, who did grow up in a very orthodox evangelical tradition, says, wait a minute, you make it sound like it didn't actually happen. And our pastor looks at her and says, well, would it matter if it didn't? And for Beth, it mattered a lot. And this moment absolutely crushed her faith for years. Her faith had hinged on prophecies and the covenants and the very black and white truth of the Bible, and even the mere suggestion from a pastor that she trusted that there may be different ways to interpret the Bible tore a hole right through her faith. Now, I will say this about Beth. She didn't go Ahaz's route. She didn't take the easy way out and say, no, forget it. I'll find another way. She pushed through. She stuck with it, and... There's a story there, but it's for another sermon. Here's what I can tell you about my doubts when it comes to the hard parts of the Bible. I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt that I love Jesus. I can honestly say that I have loved Jesus my entire life. I felt called to ministry at the age of nine when I was baptized, and I mean I had a supernatural experience of baptism, and I have loved Jesus ever since. But I have 
in my 40-year faith journey also had moments of profound doubt about everything else surrounding Jesus. And this season is absolutely filled with some of the big ones that are most difficult for us to trust. Prophecies, virgin births, angelic visitations. It's all hard stuff. And when I have struggled with that hard stuff, it has never been the prophecies or the creeds or relying on biblical proof that has brought me back. It has always been seeing Jesus in the people who follow him. And that is what our New Testament reading is all about today. It is for sure a fulfillment of a prophecy of a young woman, a virgin bearing a child. And on my best day, I absolutely trust that as very black and white biblical truth. That is how it happened. But it is also about a man named Joseph who was thinking about taking the easy way out. And yet somehow God took a hold of his heart and did an impossibly hard thing through him. He stood up as a man, as a husband, as a father in the hardest of circumstances. And as beautiful and as, as awe-inspiring as this incredible creation that God has made, that, that, is, that he is willing to harness to prove to us his power and might, the truth of Christmas is that God's wonder is just as accurately displayed in his ability to move one human heart in the right direction. Because what good is all of this? What good is an ironclad prophecy and a proof positive faith if this story in itself doesn't have the power to transform our lives? So, when I was in California last week, on the very same day that I was at the Griffith Observatory, considering the wonder of God's creative power, I got a text. And I have the timestamps on my phone to prove it. I'll show you after worship. It came from Debbie. She's a fellow parishioner here. She and her husband, Phil, have been here with us for a couple years now. And she texted, I know you're on vacation, but I have something special to share with you when you get back. And so I just quickly answered it, can't wait to hear, and went back to awe-inspiring vistas. When I got back, I found Debbie and Phil, and I said, what was this text all about? And she said, we are going to sponsor a Ukrainian refugee family, right? Awe-inspiring mountains or a family getting a second chance at life. Here's what I'm trying to say. Now, this prophecy today tells us a story. It is a story that says one life, one heart, one family is just as important to God as stretching the fabric of the cosmos. You and what you got going on is of divine importance to God. And he sends his son to make sure that we hear that message and we find ways to respond. And when that gets through to you, when that gets through to us, 
We don't need the prophecies of the Bible. You don't need me to prove that it's all true. All you need is Jesus and that manger and the people following him to get you from this moment to the next. So thanks be to God for this awe-inspiring power that comes to us wrapped in swaddling clothes. One family, one heart, one life. Amen. The most valuable message we have to share at Faith is the promise we have in Jesus. We come together every Sunday to share this good news in the reading of Scripture and sharing of Holy Communion. It is these two acts of worship that we learn of the forgiveness, peace, and joy that Jesus has won for us on the cross. These gifts also belong to you, and we hope you will feel welcome to receive them. After we've shared worship together, we trust that we are ready to be sent out into the world to serve our neighbor, and you're welcome to join us in that great work as well. There are so many opportunities at Faith to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. It's what we feel called to do. It's what we're passionate about. Above all, I want to encourage you in your faith. No matter where you're at in your journey with Christ, you are welcome to visit faith as often as you are able. But whatever you do, keep searching. There is a church family set aside just for you. And I trust the Holy Spirit will place you right where you need to be. Mm -hmm.